Welcome to Kenyan Queer Questions. I'm Ima Reed. I'm Anthony Lewis. And, and we are back. Good to have you. <laughs> <laughs> we are. It's been forever. A year and seven months. Yeah, Since I've been told my apology time. won't work. No, your apology is not going to work. Yeah, my yes. apology is not going to so, work either. So, first of all, for those who like apologies, sorry for the distance. Sorry, sorry for the abandonment and my kikuyu and a million <laughs> other things. <laughs> but... Um, sorry for my kikuyu as well. Sorry for it. Mm. But I will start with my explanation of why I've been away and unavailable and not doing my part in this love that we create in this space. Oh, yeah. uh, life has been quite difficult. Uh, I lost a lot of what I thought was stability, a lot of the privilege I thought I had gathered. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I didn't lose it. I threw it away recklessly like a child as we do as we do and that means i was homeless for nine months and emotionally in a very difficult place the last seven months to be honest have been my way back up and with all the treasures i've found in rock bottom and some of them include going on to season two of Kenyan Queer Questions. Exactly. And now that I am fine, Tony, why did you leave us? I, I just <laughs> left. I, I walked away from the Kenyan movement, although I still am a part of the Kenyan movement. I'm, mm. I'm now with Pan-Africa Elga. You yeah. all know um, that we just had what is quite possibly the biggest LGBTI conference in in Africa. Yeah. And Ima, you were there, you yeah. saw all the politics, you saw all the shit that happened, yeah. you saw all the, the toxicity that yeah. can be a part of the Kenyan movement. Of, no, no, not the Kenyan movement, it the LGBT I movement. I realized it's in all spaces. It's in all spaces, yeah. So we need to tackle this toxicity and just get rid of it somehow. And you know, being here and recording this podcast after almost two years is, <laughs> is quite brilliant. Um, is. I have a question for you. Ask me Since you question. came here for questions. Oh dear. How was your marriage? Oh. <laughs> Tony, oh, not God. married before. Yeah, so in the, in, the, in the span of the... Since, since, I, since we last released the podcast, I got married and... I basically joined into that heteronormative, you know, (laughs) that that space. And uh, it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. I'm completely in love. And he's an amazing person. You've met him. He's he's a tiny little toddler dude, I call him. Hi, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is the space we are in right now. It has been in, in the time that... Since since we last recorded a podcast, yeah. I keep saying that life happened. A lot of life. And a lot of life happened. And yeah. we, we've cried, we've fought, we've... Um, but we're here now. First of all, if you have managed to feel like you don't belong here the last one year or so, or you felt like you're alone, I need you to know... Very many more people feel like that. I don't know, it's not consolation, but I have realized that understanding that most of even your friends are struggling every day oh, yeah. is important for us to understand what 2017 did to us oh as a globe. God, 2017 was a fucked up. And if yeah. you had a good year in 2017, you're not my tribe. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, kindly. So, we are back. We need more questions, but some people threw us some good questions already. Oh, God, yeah. So, Let's start with Tony. Why me? Because, me. baby, you are away. Where would you live? Where would you live in an actual country? At least yeah. I was here being alone. <laughs> now, 
The question comes from Facebook. Somebody inboxed this to the page and it asks, how do I come out to my Muslim friend who is devout on his faith? And kindly. I, well, this is a very deep question. When we, were, we read it outside, it was sent, it was like a long paragraph. And the person actually said sorry for the long question. But just to give a bit of, um, just to give a bit of context, I'm just going to read uh, something that he said. So he says, I also have a range of Muslim friends, including one good friend who is very devout and cares a lot about his faith. I've reached a stage of friendship where I feel that not coming out is becoming a block to our friendship, developing more deeply. He also says that I, I believe his devout position to gayness will be negative and have heard him make mildly homophobic comments. Um, uh, and, and as such, I want to be very careful on how to address it with him. This is really deep and I, I really don't even know how to start. I will first point out, this is what Ima would say. Friends who don't get you, fuck them. But the loneliness <laughs> are found in this world, people. We better work on the friends I we need know. to spare. We so need Tony to advises us how do we keep them. See, I, I've also had moments where I wanted to come out to someone and I thought, no, you know, this person has a very a, a certain way of thinking yeah. that I don't think I can, you know, go past. Yeah. But... Um, so, the, the person is devoutly Muslim. He yeah. is your friend. Mm. Um, and, and, and this is a part of you that you cannot change. This is just mm. who you are. I, if you remember in one of the earlier episodes that we did, we talked about, um, someone asked the question, was, why are you gay? Yeah. And it was just a, basically who we are as yeah. human beings. So, um, these are two things that you need to... You need to work towards. I know you asked that um, we should get someone from the Muslim community to answer this question, and we will, by the way, because we're going to pose this question to to our, our 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 audience. But just from from what I'm thinking is, um, if if this person truly is your friend, if this person truly is a, a person that you need to keep. Uh, in contact with a person that you need to keep in your life, mm -hmm. then you coming out to him should not really be about you telling him what his faith should be. Yeah. It shouldn't be what you telling him that mm -hmm. um, your faith is 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 um, talking about homosexuality like this, but it should be like this. No, no, no. It's about Ooh. you. It's about you experiencing your life the way you experience it, and you. Uh, acknowledging that to this person and if he's truly your friend then he will stay in your life if he's not then there's nothing you can do about it and it's okay for the person to struggle yeah. also and thank you for that I had not imagined the unnecessariness mm. of putting the faith of the person I'm coming into mm. into that because there's a million things we could tell to the, what the person does mm. yeah moving on yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, but but I mean that that's that for me is the is the answer to that particular question. So, yeah. Um, I think we can move into the next question. For sure. Although uh, I will tell the person who asked this question that we are going to pose this to our audience. We are going to ask Ishmael, who was in the in the episode on is, uh, Islam and homosexuality, mm -hmm. and we are going to ask him to actually contact you directly. Yeah, and all the best with coming out to your friend. No, no, and, and coming out as a journey. Both remember yourself that? and your friend. Yeah. <laughs>
Kami Adesi Jenny. All right, so um, the next question I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to pose it to you, Imam. Tell me. And then I'm just going to interrupt you because I'm a man. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, so the, the reproduction of the colonial mentality affecting the LGBTI movement, mm-hmm. how, how do we navigate that? How do we, how do we get around the colonial system? Uh, I mean, like we, we get places where in, in cities you will see movements, in rural areas you will see individual people. How do we navigate that whole colonial mentality? Mm, I feel deeply before we can navigate something, we need to name it, which is something we've not done in what the colonial narrative has done to queerness in our context in Kenya and in Africa. And naming things would include us saying that there is a deep understanding of even our grandparents of what queerness looks like. Hmm. When we, I myself and a few of my friends, one particular friend, have come out to our grandparents and all they said is like, you remind me of the medicine man was what my friend was told. I was told, you remind me of, my gra- of your grandmother. But what I explained really? to the people, yes, okay. was my queerness. But I didn't use lesbianism, I didn't use my gender fuckery and all those things that we are used to. But language has made it being the first thing to navigate. The language that is colonial makes it very difficult to look at queerness from a space of what we know it has been. How we know we've had a queer cousin or a queer brother or a queer auntie. And in our lives that wasn't an issue until the word lesbian or trans woman or trans man was put on a thing. That's when the difficulty comes. So the lack of language before. I feel the lack of language before and the language that was before mm-hmm. was more accompanying of our humanity than what we were as vessels of sex, right. as vessels of genders, as, as political vessels. And that was very important for me. But more importantly, I see a lot of the colonial narrative being past that. There is a colonial narrative that's very specific. It's the laws that were brought by colonialization. Today I woke up all in eight people. I am with my mother. Do not take this away from me. But also more importantly, what Christianity and many other religions that were brought during colonization, colonialism did to what we thought sexuality looked like and yeah. what gender presents us. Right. But the thing is, it does not end there. There's a bigger problem. There's a bigger issue. The fact that now, after we have suppressed our idea and wisdom of what queerness looks like mm-hmm. by then or for then, we suppressed it to what the whiteness made it appear as. Right. But more importantly, now it's grown to a global scale. What queerness looks like, it's no longer an individual conversation. If we are even to retreat back to our tribes, we do not have the privilege of having that conversation only with our environments and our blood. Ma. That's not yeah. it. So it's past colonization, now it's global, which means deeply, it's also a universal outlook of what queerness looks like. And for heaven's sake, people, I said this last week somewhere else, and I'll keep saying, the idea of queerness is fucking up everything that is normal. It's not just sexuality or gender. It's the leaving of every box. Mm-hmm. It's the walking out of every narrative. It's Your destroying past, the boxes. It's destroying the boxes with intent yeah. and with a need to also live within liberation, right. freedom, and what our individuality seeks. 
Yes, this fuck up from the colonial time. I see that totally, and I know I deserve reparations and all the colonial history that's stolen on what queerness looked like at the time, because it would guide me in my path. Right. But I don't have that right now. I'll keep doing that fight. But in the meantime, we need to keep channeling what queerness looks like individually, spiritually, deep down. What it is about you that makes you think we need to scream homosexual, we need to scream trans, we need to scream gender nonconformity. We need to scream outside all religious spaces. What is it that we are fighting for to be away that from what oppresses us and oppresses others within us? That's not a conversation we are willing to be this policing about and be this revolutionary about. But before then, we don't get to question people without questioning ourselves. Is that not? Oh, wow. I, well, so I've, I've been, I, I'll say something about myself. I've been yeah. deeply questioning myself. I've been deeply questioning who I am in this world, what I am, and, and wondering why do I have to put a label to me? Why do I have to have that label, gay man, or um, cis, gender, cis gender gay man, man, black gay man, black gay man, oh Jesus. <laughs> and, and being in South Africa, like, well, yeah. leaving you and going to South Africa. I'm so has, <laughs> they, they were not kind to my person. No, they, they, were not. Been, they have not been kind to me. And and that's that's something that I have been really deeply trying to think about. And, yeah. and and the labels are very colonial. Yes. The labels have been we didn't have those. Yeah. We never had those labels. And we need to shed them. We were talking about this earlier. We need to shed these labels for us to actually live as who we are, as humans. Maybe and the liberation is no label. The, that's not a label. It isn't. And I don't know if we have tackled that question yeah. deeply enough. Yeah. And I don't think we can in Actually. the span of an episode. Mm. But if you have any comments on this, just you know, leave a comment and we will... Expound and expound have this conversation. With Let, let's have a discussion. Mm. Because the two of us here, we will talk about things, but we will never cover the entire topic. And your own context also, importantly. All right. Hi. So, Tony, mm -hmm. somebody has asked. What? Context. White-bodied person, cisgender female, if I'm not wrong. I don't mean to label. Okay. And they ask, <laughs> <laughs> what are the consequences and risk in a space where it's criminalized to be queer, to navigate in your queer body and experiences? Yeah, my queer body has had uh, some bashing, nice. as you know. Mm. But uh, the risks are there. I will talk about Nigeria, for instance. Okay. Very recently, mm -hmm. um, I think it was about a week ago, um, over 100 people were arrested in Nigeria because of suspected homosexuality. Suspected. Suspect. I don't even understand that word, suspected. <laughs> that they, they were arrested and are in prison and are and the movement is trying to figure out a way around how, how to deal with that particular aspect uh, these people were arrested because they were in a hotel and and they have been treated incredibly badly in that in that context I don't know about this, uh, you need to read the news darling and it's horrible i've been self-caring <laughs> I, I need to, I need to self care as well <laughs> and leave the news alone. <laughs> but but to be honest, uh, and that's Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, in Kenya, there have been cases of people being 
bashed and arrested mm. uh, in, in, in Tanzania very recently as well. Mm. There were people uh, who were attending a meeting on HIV awareness and, and they, they, were, rounded they up. were rounded up. A multitude up. of queers. Yes. A multitude of kids, and this happens in 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 Africa quite often, yeah. and even outside of Africa, there there have been cases in 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 the Middle East and mm-hmm. in places where people are 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 being discriminated against because of who they love. Small shelter to other people from the Middle East. I like the question was asked by a white person in that context. <laughs> I want to know how do you navigate? How do you navigate for existing still? But Sorry, but having <laughs> said that, having said that, I mean, look at the laws in Kenya right now, which we are currently challenging. Yeah. The laws uh, provide for um, they basically say that you will get fourteen years in prison if you are queer if you have sex with somebody against, else. Hmm? Against the not. Uh, oh, against order. the order of, nature. order of nature. No, and it's not just have sex, it's carnal knowledge. What does carnal mean? I don't know. Okay. What do we, we need to know carnal There's a lot. It's, it's just carnal knowledge is very Victorian. And that's actually part of the question. It's, these are Victorian laws. Yeah. Even the language is not our language. The last time somebody in Nairobi told me carnal knowledge. I, I need to have <laughs> carnal knowledge of you. Who says that? But anyway, that's what the law says. But for me, that would work. That's the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. No, I can't wait to Let, Let's go have some carnal knowledge. Oh, damn. <laughs> but this is, this is what the law says. And when the law says these things, yeah. it basically allows for people to discriminate against you, to, 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 to be violent towards you, because they, they, they believe that mm. the law says this, so you are a criminal by just by existing. And how do you navigate this? There are risks. The, uh, the Ken, uh, what, what, uh, Nicole Herc, the National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission, Commission um, they have an office in, 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 in where is the place? Around operator, you uh, look around, around it and you find it if you, you're a you, you will. or a homophobe. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> uh, it is around uh, operator. I mean, yeah. there's a rainbow flag. They have resources. They 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 provide legal assistance to yeah. people who um, who who have faced some form of um, discrimination or yeah. faced some form of violence, and yeah. and they they are brilliant organization that do that but these are the, the these are the consequences of having laws that criminalize us so see nicole hack in case of a legal issue you're undergoing based on your sexuality based or on gender yes, yeah yeah um, and, and they have a facebook page they have a twitter feed and you can contact them anytime you want and us in case of risk yeah we would guide you and make that linkage there was also a layer in this question of how to navigate a place uh, that's criminalized in terms of like the person was quite direct like so you don't have sex with your person or how do you navigate your emotions as a queer person because you know you're criminalized what's that a, What's that experience? But you have like? sex. But you have sex. You have sex. I mean, and that's the one go thing. Go to jail, Tony. Oh. I'm scared of are jail. You, I'm in a room full of women, and I don't know and what to do after that. I am done. I mean, seriously, um, <laughs> the one thing that governments forget is that sex will happen whether they like it or not. Okay. We will share. Do you feel the sex that 
um, reachable and accessible to queer people is less in any way because of the fact that it's criminalized and you know you're outside what is allowed. No. Or is it more exciting for you because you're told me? Leave me alone. Don't bring my kinks into this. <laughs> it is more exciting for me, yes. Uh, but having said that, it does happen. Yeah. It really does. And, and, and we cannot put our head in the sand and think that people are not having sex. It is happening. Criminalizing it, though, what that does is it makes it riskier. People are not able to negotiate the use of condoms. People are not able to get, you know, contraceptives. contraceptives. So we, we, it makes that sex a lot riskier. There's um, an increase in the rate of HIV, uh, HIV transmission, um, and, and even the Ministry of Health acknowledges this. They, they say that uh, men who have sex with men are at a higher risk of HIV. Yeah. infection mm-hmm. so the f- the fact that these laws and uh and, and can i come up with one <coughs> without the hiv and all the health population right. conversation i really feel as a woman who is queer or woman inclined who is queer mm-hmm. i deeply feel my ability to be happy within any commitment is limited based on the fact that this country criminalizes what I exercise as love. Mm-hmm. I feel even the people I commit to mm-hmm. will always have a hesitation and even what we honor as a culture in right. terms of going claiming a person in the family, paying dowry for our idea of possession is that limited. I would love to do that shit. But then, isn't it harder for me to have that than any other person? And yet, maybe I have more love than you. Maybe. If I was a cisgender man, I would have enough love for Kenya. I'm limiting my love. <laughs> we are limiting. We really are limiting the love that people actually share and experience and, and, and want to have. But that's, those are the consequences of these laws, and this is why we need them out of our legislation. This is why we are fighting. This is why we're doing what we're doing now. And it's, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. And we're going to take a break. Thank you so much. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with the rest of Kenyan Queer Questions. Thank you.